Welcome into the Irish NFL show. My man's almost as good as my pick this weekend. Hi, Brian. How's it going? That was really enjoyable, Michael. It's nice to see me being on the right side of a result for a change, and in particular against that team from Philadelphia. It wasn't the best of games, but we got over the line. And nice to see it was called out that I went with me. And now that we've mentioned it, Brian, there's there's no need to. Uh, no, I don't think there's a lot to say about the game, to be honest. OTB, to be honest. Mark, I'm, I'm delighted you've joined us. How's it going? Good evening, yeah. gents. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Um, we said 9.35, uh, didn't we? That's what I heard. Uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, look, I uh, just just first off, you know, it was it was heartbreaking not being in the show on Saturday night. Uh, I don't think any of my picks should have counted because I was loved up on the Moderna vaccine, boys. None of them should have counted. I merely clicked buttons in the background. But uh, my, my God, uh, this could be my last week in the show. The way this is going at the minute, um, when you say I stand by, I stand by every pick I made yesterday for some, and it shows you how crazy the season has been. So yeah, how we all doing? Good. When you said loved up there, uh, Michael, I thought you were going to break some other news. It was about your Saturday evening. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> I for for no, but for for the people watching, Brian, I was joking all week. Oh, I'm getting the booster shot on Saturday. I'll be grand to go on the show. It'll be grand. And then about eight o'clock comes on Saturday, and I'm like in the Wolf of Wall Street when he's trying to get to the car. I'm like, uh, so it didn't happen. Mark, you done a stellar job. Oh, thanks, Michael. I mean, look, I, I won't slip you the quaaludes next time. You know, that's 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 part of the plan. Um, right. but yeah, um, good to have you back, and it was a good weekend in the NFL. It was bloody entertaining, some stuff. Um, I gave the stat. I, was, I commented when we were doing the show as like, hey. There's a lot of games here between teams with losing records, but the one stat I didn't realize till after we recorded is yesterday and tonight we have nine games between teams with records more than 500. It's the most ever this late in the season. So, like, that that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, we had some clunker games, <coughs> Texans-Jets, but you also have some pretty, you know, good games between lots of talented teams. So, great to see. Yes, exactly. And also, Colm is not on the show tonight. Obviously, he's not hiding anywhere. Uh, he's currently flying home. He was at the game yesterday in Denver. Um, he got his hands on the Lombardi Trophy, probably closer than any of us boys are going to get, I'd say, for a very, very long time. Brian, do, do you have to jump off for a second and check the scores? No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. No, uh, yeah, he does uh, some great, for, great footage of Colm in Denver yesterday. He's been very fortunate to have two really enjoyable weekends, one in Chicago last weekend and Thank you for you and for you and for Colin. He's got a really good, probably the best uh, performance of the season. I know he's went into Dallas and and beat them, but the significance of a performance within your division it was it was a very positive performance. So maybe Colin should stay on for the remainder of the season and just go with every Broncos. I game think he should. He should just stay there from now on and see what happens. Uh, there was obviously a few tweets last night going, "Can we have any more Broncos tweets?" And I was like, "Well, we're at the game." So. I mean, what more do you want? Shout out, shout out, um, you know, as much as I apologize, but we, we were at the game anyway. I'm going to shout out first off, and Mark, I'll come to you first off the Cincinnati Bengals last night. Um, I again apologize for not tweeting as much with the Bengals. I again was in bits watching the NFL all weekend, so uh, 41 to 10. I look okay. First off, we, we can talk about Big Ben, Mark. Um, for me, the Bengals were the lock of the weekend because of Big Ben and that Steelers offense, but never mind that. They still put 41 points up against a team 
in their division. That's impressive. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's the first time in a long time the Bengals were the, if you like, the the favorites. We said it's the first time since 2009 now they've swept the Steelers. Um, it wasn't just a win, though. It was a decimation. Um, we had a bit of a musical theme going through the show on, on Saturday, and frankly, this was heavy metal. This was like them playing Metallica into Sandman from the very get-go and driving it through. Um, we talked a lot about during the year about Joe Burrow uh, and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase wasn't a factor. It was the T. Higgins show uh, receiving, but more than anything, it was the Joe Mixon show. And whilst Steelers got back some of their injured players, like you know, TJ was back and Minka was back and you know, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver, was back, we still thought that wouldn't be enough and what they were dealing with. They looked a pale imitation of what they are and probably one of the proudest records in NFL, the fact that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record as the coach of Steelers, had a couple of eight and eight seasons, if I remember correctly. He definitely had one at least. He's never had a losing season. A five, five, and one, that's definitely got to be at risk now this this year. Bengals, great for them, good for them to get back on track. Definitely keeping the pressure on the Ravens in their division gives them an outside sniff after a couple of ropier games of still winning that division, but absolutely well online for the playoffs in relation to it. And yes, uh, including in relation to Fred's comment, Kevin <laughs> was definitely um, <laughs> taking care of them uh, uh, while he was in Denver there. Thank you, lads, in regards to the uh, merch as well. Uh, just while we're on that very quickly, uh, Brian, we have the merch. I know you want to recap on the on the Bengals. I was about to say the Bungles, but I meant that in a good way. The Bengals. The Bengals are great. We have new merch. Uh, top you know top of the market merchandise uh, a black t-shirt that says it's my lum touchdowns and a beanie a beanie, <clears throat> a beanie for beaner huh? a beanie <laughs> buy a beanie tonight you know what i mean uh and also a mug it's called the surviving snf mug uh there's no trademark there for sunday night football or Thursday night football or in any case for me at the minute surviving any game because i can't pick my nose at the minute brian what was your thoughts on that performance joe mixon yesterday looked like he was possessed. Joe Mixon has gone four games in a row now where he's he's got he's gone over hundred yards in each game and he scored two touchdowns in each game. I actually spoke to a a Steelers fan yesterday morning and he, he didn't feel he would have that type of game because he felt the Steelers defense would step up and I thought they'd step up last week in in LA and that's why I picked them last week, but I certainly didn't think they would step up this week. And you look at what the Bengals have done in the past uh, now five of the last six games leading up to Saturday. We made the point it was for the last five in which they put 30 plus points up. And we said it's highly unlikely we could see the Steelers living with them. I mean, they were going for Chase Claypool, and if it wasn't Chase Claypool making making big players, there was very little that's going on. Obviously, targeted Johnson 17 times in the game. But um, we said on Saturday in the show that uh, the numbers have dropped for Jamar Chase, but having looked today at kind of the overall season for the Bengals as a whole, they're actually evenly spreading out. The players across the, the the field, like T Higgins and other players, are getting in on the act. He had two touchdowns yesterday. Very comprehensive. Trey Trey Hendrickson, they brought him in from the Saints in uh, the offseason was one of the kind of stellar pickups and free agents. And people were saying he's, he's leaving the Saints to go to a struggling team. Well, it's it's gone the other way because the Saints are struggling. He looks like he's tends to go into the playoffs. He's had a sack in the last seven games, so he's really shown his worth in terms of that free agency signing. So big win, true wins in a row against the Steelers. Has been done in a long time. 2009, I believe, is the last time they won three, three, three. They've come off three wins in a row. So 
Steelers are going one way and the Bengals are certainly going in the right direction. Bengals yeah. sitting second in the AFC North as well. Sorry, Mark. No, no, I was just going to say, it's a great call out by Brian about the impact of Hendrickson because, of course, the Bengals lost their, their dominant pass rusher last season because their principle about not giving a second contract before the final year of that second contract, letting people go to free agency and then determining market worth. And it was basically a like-for-like -like replacement. There was a question, are they going to get the same production? Absolutely have been. I mean, that's been fantastic. And we did comment early in the season, they don't have a lot of threats at uh, wide receiver. It's basically Boyd, Higgins, and of course, Chase. Um, and Chase has borne a lot of that that uh, burden, obviously, this year. So it's great to see Higgins line up. Boyd seems to catch things consistently that go his way as well. So maybe they can get there with a, a less limited pass-catching call, especially if Mixon keeps doing Mixon things like he did yesterday. Time will tell. Bengals play the Chargers next week. Uh, then have the 49ers and in the last four games they have the broncos the ravens the chiefs and the browns uh, sitting second in the afc north and we'll talk quite, about the quite, in fairness it's quite a tough running you know you look at that yeah. it's quite a tough running run. but there's there's a lot of afc teams i i, I personally I'm like look we, we can talk but it's going down the stretch here but there's there's a lot of afc teams especially teams that are like the chargers uh, or the broncos even in the afc west i i think that are either going to go one way or they're going to go the other i know we're looking in terms of like i mean like the chargers like who knows what could happen on Sunday? But look, obviously, a great time for the Bengals. There's no more of a deserving fan base. So congratulations. And hopefully, hopefully the Bengals do the business on Sunday against the Chargers. I hope so. That game is at Paul Brown Stadium. Any final points on that? We all, we all have enough. No, that's it. Like, again, what? 41 10 with a late touchdown from the Steelers. So comprehensive. Yeah. Well, I over had a half time, Michael. 31 3. Yeah. Over a half time. I had a woeful weekend of picks, but the games that I picked, I don't think anybody else really went. I mean, apart from that Bengals game, like I picked the Bucks and the Packers. Like, I could understand. I mean, geez, the Colts, boys, the Colts, like the Colts lost 38 31. What, what was it? No, it wasn't in overtime, but it was towards in the, four, the fourth quarter. I still wasn't well at this point, but I mean, they really, like, is it just me or did the team throw that, throw that away? Because there were certain occasions when the defense for the Bucks just, at them up Carson Wentz for the start. Well, sorry, Mark, do you want to go for us? Or, or, no, um, well, for large parts of the first half, they kept Brady and the offense in check, and they were up by 10 leading into half time. But there was a bit of self destruction around the Colts to a certain extent. I mean, there was an interception on Wentz was intercepted twice in the game, but there was one in particular where he gave very uh, short field to the Bucks, and then there was the muff punt by, by Hines. Like, there was a num numerous times during the game where it looked like the game was there for them, and they. I wouldn't say they self-destruction because the Bucks and fairness came back. I mean, Brady was four or five in the red zone, and Fournette goes in with four touchdowns. And it kind of got to a stage where you felt like whoever got the last score and empty was going to win. You know, we've seen that so many times in these type of high-scoring games. Whoever gets the ball last wins. And like the Bucks played it perfectly because they left what they left 20 seconds on the clock. And even with that, the Colts managed to return the the punt up as far as the 40 and put the look down in 15 seconds. Wentz, for me. Struggles when if Taylor's not in the game. So we discussed on Saturday night, and Mark made a very valid point around how strong that defense is in terms of the run game. And uh, for large parts of that game, Taylor was held up. I think in the fourth quarter they got one really good drive, and he and he scored a touchdown. But for, I didn't even go off to the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So like, you're asking Wednesday to go and win the game, and like unless unless they have that kind of, you know, Taylor mix and match type offense, it's not going to work. So in the end, look, the Colts are a good team. We've said it all season. 
they'll give you they'll play up against any team but the difficulty is their defense at times is like they're giving the most touchdowns you know to the secondary this year which was like the vikings last year now four touchdowns you know rushing yesterday but it's difficult to see how they will get to the playoffs if they keep having to go and beat teams 24 31 and likes of that because inevitably in the end your luck runs out and not andrew luck <sighs> mark two he so um Look, you know, there there are people like Albert Camus, um, John Paul Sartre, uh, Kierkegaard, who are these fantastic philosophers who comment on the philosophy relating to absurdism. And one of the absurdities they often comment on is the absurdity of life itself. Now, there are Colts fans who are probably wondering, what is the point of life itself at the moment? Because their season so far is so bloody absurd, it's unreal. They started like a, a car crash they seem to be making momentum but every time they get their season really kicking in the right direction or every opportunity they get somehow in an absurd manner they throw it away they had double digit leads against the ravens a game on monday night football i still can't believe they lost i still don't know how they did it they threw away a 14 point lead against the titans in their second game which they really needed to win to get rest back control of the AFC south and even the game yesterday it wasn't just that they had a big lead, again, an 11-point lead over the Buccaneers. It was that they went for a stretch where 27 times in a row, Carson Wentz dropped back to pass. 27 times. They've got Jonathan Taylor in the side, for Christ's sake. This is also when they have a lead. It's not like they're chasing a massive deficit. That was play-calling beyond bizarre. Um, Wentz is not the answer to drive you through an entire game that way. And again, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm looking at that going. Yes, but I agree with Brian that the Bucks played well, the Bucks fought themselves back in, but the Colts didn't help themselves. The play calling didn't help them in relation to it. It was like when they went down, they then flipped the switch back to Jonathan Taylor, gave him the ball for the entirety of the drive, and lo and behold, they got a touchdown. Um, it, that, that was not helping them. Yes, it was nearly the most absurd and bizarre of endings when Fournette broke through, didn't take the knee, left 20 seconds, the clock and it somehow looked like well, hang on a second is this going to go to overtime in a weird um unbelievable fashion but what a great game for neutral um what a great game to watch there are a few of them like that i know we'll come across the others in due course but fantastic to watch fair play to Lander for that probably his best ever regular season game um to be honest with you he had a really great game for the jacks where he ran for over 200 yards three touchdowns um but when it really mattered he was there and he stood up brady wasn't all that lot of plays to Gronkowski, 120 yards. Um, maybe his age catching up on him. But when the Bucks can play complementary football, um, they can beat any team and was more than enough to to come back against the Colts. But seriously, guys, seriously, that's three games they've thrown away with bad coaching, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. They're actually painful to watch because you think they're getting over the line and then either Wentz messes up or the defense messes up. But like you know, Carson Wentz it was 300. 306 passing yards, three touchdowns, albeit two interceptions. Brady isn't playing like Peyton Manning in 2015, but you know, four net, three rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. I, I actually think, and you mentioned it there, the X factor in that game was getting the pass the first down, second down, third down with Rob Bronkowski. 123 yards on the day. And I'm just biased because somehow I picked him up in fantasy. Somehow at 20 to 6 yesterday, I picked Rob Gronkowski up in fantasy. Uh, and I need Tyler Lockett to score 18 points tonight. That's all I'm saying. Mark, go ahead. Tricky. I was just going to say, 
final stat, Michael. We talk sometimes about the Patriots' record or Brady's record against the Bills. Brady's now all-time 16-4 and four against the Colts. Um, they must hate the very sight of him. I do, anyway. Okay. Uh, Niners-Vikings. This is a really, really good game. It, you were getting to that point at uh, midnight last night. I started the perk up at 11 o'clock, and I was like, right, I want a game to go the whole way here so I can sit and watch it at least. Now, the 49ers did pull away, but the Vikings consistently looked like they might make it a little bit interesting for a bit. The Rams-Packers game was gone, but uh, 49ers getting over the line 34-26. Vikings uh, go down to 5-6. and six. Niners now... Six and five. Jimmy G uh, reports coming out yesterday that the 49ers want to trade him in the offseason. 230 yards uh, for one touchdown, one interception. Kirk Cousins. I'll, I'll just leave it there with Kirk Cousins. Brian, do you want to go first? Just about Collins not here because, you know, the thoughts of Jimmy G playing for his Broncos, it would probably send him over to bed, send him around the bend. I would be a happy man with that. So I'd be, be a, a sensible I think be a, a lot of fans in the league would be happy because Jimmy G. You know, he had he had a difficult start to the season, but the last four to five games he's played really well. Hundred plus passer rating. You know, he stepped up again yesterday. This game to me was very much like we expected. It was 14 on a half time. There was no scores in the fourth quarter. It was nip and tuck all the way. And I think the the X factor was you look at the rush the running game for the Vikings, in total they had sixty seven yards as opposed to two hundred and two hundred and three, maybe two hundred and six by the forty nine. And Debo Samuel scored two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. So you know they're finding ways to get him in the game. He's not a gadget player as such, but they're finding ways to get him in in the run game as much as the passing game. He's an X-factor for them. And in the end, it came down to that to me because Cook obviously went down the game with the injury. They didn't really have anything else there to run off. And Cook Cousins finds ways to, for me, lose games when it looks like they may win them. And I don't know if you had the opportunity to look at the, the clip in which we had on our group today where he went to, you know, I know I've seen a few Vikings fans saying today it was all a trick play. It didn't look like a trick play to me because they called, they called the timeout where he, Went, went up to take the ball off the person who didn't even have the ball, the guard as opposed to the centre. Um, big win for 49ers. We, I think we all suggested at the start of the season we felt they would be a lot better this year with players coming back and at least be a wild card. And the way they're going at the moment, you certainly think that's that's okay. I think they're away to Seattle this weekend. Look, I know we haven't touched on Monday Night Football, but you'd, you would think the way they're playing at the moment, they'd have enough. They're, like, their their offence is Let's not give explosive. It <laughs> well, well, we'll see, but the offense is explosive enough at the moment as well. So I think Jimmy J would be picked up. You know, if he was to be traded, they're trading him on the base, they're going to bring in Trey Lance. I would be. I would be. Do you think that came out yesterday? That, that came out yesterday before the game. Do, do you think that was purposely leaked yesterday to try and maybe improve his play? He's been playing consistently. I think that was the case. That's woeful. That, that's disgraceful that that was leaked. I think there's a. There's, a, there's an off-the-field issue there. I think 49ers fans have touched on it even during the show. And we just we spoke about it a few weeks ago. And it goes back to Mac Jones versus Trey Lance. You know, the general consensus is Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones and GM and other people within the organization wanted wanted Trey Lance. And there's a pressure to play Trey Lance. And, you know, I think Shanahan would rather win than transition to a new quarterback because ultimately it's all about winning in the end. Um, unless Mark sees it differently, but that's, that's my thoughts on it. Well, look, I mean, I think we touched on it in the build-up to this game and talked about it last week, is that how much better can Jimmy G look when, oh, George Kittle's back. Oh, the offensive line is more consistent. Oh, you know, their running game is more consistent. And indeed, Carl Shanahan's play calling is more consistent. He's being asked to manage, you know, 
second and medium situations or third and short situations or convert on good plays when it really matters on third and four, third and fives. You know, that's fine. Jimmy G's more than happy to 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 do that, to dink and dunk. I mean, after all, he trained in the Patriots system. Apparently that's all we do in Patriots is dink and dunk. So um, he instantly looks a better quarterback when you put the right personnel around him that was expected from the start of the day. And then obviously... Um, implement it in a system and in a way that allows them to succeed. Uh, to succeed, the 49ers are on the upswing. Three wins in a row. The defense is getting better and more serviceable. It's not the dominant defense uh, of old. Obviously, trading to prop up into the Colts before kind of into that front four, and they 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 haven't fully gelled yet this season. But there's room for improvement. But their run game is Debo Samuel. You know, uh, God willing, his injury isn't serious and he can continue to play. has been absolutely electric and has been a delight to see. And they put the ball in his hands, as Brian rightly alluded to. And the Vikings, yes, Kirk Cousins lining up under the guard instead of the center for a critical fourth down play, causing them to burn a timeout. I mean, isn't desirable. Um, but he and the Vikings didn't play bad. Like, it was it was a good game. Michael, sorry, you got something. I'm really sorry. We've got a special guest. Um, he needs to come in quick. Uh, Six-time Super Bowl champion, Pro Football Hall of Famer. I'm only joking. Paul's here. <laughs> How's Hi, it going, Gotham. lads? Can you hear us all right, eh? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can I can hear you, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Hard-looking bohemian, is this what I call? <laughs> yeah, I was sorry I wasn't there. Seemed like a great party before the game. <laughs> I think Brian was out there. Uh, I want to do. I don't go there. Over, but yes, I am. I am. Mark, you'll be very jealous. I am currently in Boston, in uh, in a Wahlburgers in Boston Airport on route home, and uh, I have seen um, any number of Patriots gear. They like to advertise the fact that they won a few Super Bowls. Um, you know, I, uh, I think just about everywhere you go, it's there. Yeah, I mean, unless you were down in Southie, uh, Colm, I don't think you can get any more Boston than being in Woolworths in Boston, to be honest with you. That's 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 pretty pretty going there. In fact, Michael just introduced you as a six-time Super Bowl winner, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and I was about to say, there's no one that meets that category at the moment. There's no All right, all right, all right. <laughs> there's a comment there from Patriots Feeder, a man that touched the Lombardi. You touched the uh, Lombardi that... Um, Pat Bowling on the Elway last night, yeah. Was that act was that the real trophy or was it like oh yeah we got Well they they took it they took it out of the case and I had to wear gloves to, to touch it and there were there were a couple oh, of geez. people standing uh, nearby and I was told I could uh, hold one of the, the trophies so I went with uh, Super Bowl thirty two helicopter play play I grew up on and that was that was the moment I knew we were going to win our first Super Bowl after the heartbreak to see the 49ers put the beat down on us so that was the one I, I went with so whether it was exactly it or not I don't know maybe John Elway has that one at home and, and takes it um, into, into the shower at night I but it was certainly they were treating it as if it was the real one Colin drop it around no no I did not I, I was told actually I was told hold it like a baby support that the head and the butt so i think given how seriously they were taking it it definitely was the real deal and did they provide the gloves 
Uh, yeah, they did indeed. Uh, they were uh, similar to uh, what Michael Jackson used I to wear. Just, just about to say, I've got this image of you, like, you dancing, strutting, but quite a job with Michael Jackson. <laughs> I tried to tried to moonwalk, but no, I wasn't. Uh, I, I'm no Justin Jefferson. Um, I know you're only on for a couple of minutes, but have you got any takeaways from yesterday that you want to share with us? I know we're going to go through all the games here, but... Uh, hold on, are you turned up really loud right now? Um, relative, relatively so. Patriots will go one and done. Patriots will go one and done. Mac Jones will throw, throw four picks in the wild. I want to go. Um, you haven't I, I'm going to go on mute. I'm, I'm going to go on mute. Ah. I, I think that's better for everyone involved, Michael. I think that's best. Well, just uh, just quickly, firstly, thank you to the um, to the Broncos organization for, for yesterday. Great hospitality, sim similar to the Bears. And obviously, I had an absolute ball, got to meet so many people, got to hold the Lombardi, got to, you know, just experience the, the win. Um, Broncos played really well, really, really well. Javante Williams, um, you know, as uh, I had uh, I, I had pointed out, Mark, he is uh, a seriously talented running back. He's a very, very talented young man. If he can get the, the vision right and in terms of the patience, I think he can go on to be a really top-class running back. But just the heart that he has is fantastic. Um, I think I thought the Broncos' defense did a great job in terms of containing Justin Herbert, taking away the options. I really think the Chargers need to give him some more options. We've talked about it on this show before. Williams and Keenan Allen, they're not it, and, and they're tight ends. Eckler can be electric, absolutely, but there, there aren't a huge number of others. And to see it in, in the flesh, the Chargers cannot stop the run, no matter who. And, and remember now, the Broncos were playing without their top two left tackles, without their right tackle, without their guards. The only starting member of that Broncos offensive line was the centre, and yet they were able to run the ball all day long on the Chargers. That's a, a huge concern. There's absolutely enormous talent on that Chargers roster, but there are big, big things that they have to do to, to fix it going in. Um, you know, If they're to have any chance for the rest of this season, but realistically, a lot of those changes you know, we're, we're week 12. If you if teams have been running all over you for 12 weeks, how are you going to change that this season? 147 yards, columns, which the Broncos ran on them. We said it on the show on Saturday evening. You know, if they don't stop this run game with the two running backs in which the Broncos have, it's going to be a long day for them. But defensively yesterday, I said earlier on the show, we just touched on it briefly, how, how dominant they were. And the inconsistency of this Chargers team, like, is anybody convinced? I, I'm not convinced, but I mean, I really. They win one week, they look good the next week, they're up and down. Herbert, if he doesn't have Mike Williams playing, Mike Williams just had the 29 yards yesterday. Same again. Mike Williams isn't the deep ball down the field. They struggle. Keaton Allen will pick up the yards. But they did a great job on them yesterday. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to watch the Broncos celebration in the, in the dressing room um, today at any stage. But uh, for a head coach that's getting a lot of criticism, it seems like a lot of players are. are are playing for him, so that could be the kind of win that could have secured him for another year. We, we didn't, we didn't have to watch it, Brian. Colin was in there with him. That's that's the reality. <laughs> uh, I, I will, I will also give enormous kudos to um, to some some of the players who came out and uh, spent a lot of time with the fans, particularly Justin Simmons, Javante Williams, but Patrick Sartain. He was amazing. He went up and down both lines. 
Sain took as many photos as everyone wanted for a guy who had uh, two two interceptions, including a pick six, and is the uh, you know one of the guys who might get close to Michael Parsons. I still think Michael Parsons is the red hot favorite for that uh, defensive rookie of the year. But in fairness to Sertain, he did his cause no harm yesterday. But uh, he he was fantastic, and um, yeah, just a, a really great. A uh, couple of weeks in the, the States, and uh, I am going to jump off guys. I am uh, going to grab some food before flying back. But look, uh, looking forward to catching up with uh, you when I am back, and uh, see you all on Thursday evening. Colm, very, 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 very quickly, right? 11 games in Arrowhead. Will the Broncos win on Sunday? They, they can, but it is going to be incredibly difficult. But Look, in this NFL season, with everything we've seen happen, all all things are possible. Don't ruin it for the weekend, Michael. Don't ruin it for the weekend. Take it easy. See See you later, Dominic. Take it easy. And look, Michael, I mean, just to wrap up the the Broncos game, I mean, you know, I I have believed in the Chargers more than most, uh, to be fair, this year. But um, equally... One person I've never believed in, I don't think anyone with sense has believed in, who made a brief appearance for a part of the game when I thought you and Colin might actually blow up, was the wonderful, the indescribable, the incomparable Drew Locke, who made a brief appearance, gave one of the greatest interceptions on the throwaway I've ever seen, and was, was, yeah, Interesting. It looked like you were about to throw it from the pits of despair at that point in time. But, you know, fair play to the Broncos. They got him off the bench, back on the bench, sorry, and put together a complete performance. I've been high on the Chargers. I mean, I've picked the Chargers for multiple games this year. I thought the Chargers would win against Denver uh, comfortably. So I hold my hands up. But, you know, it's clear that Herbert's being held back, boys. Who's the OC in, in LA? Like, I know he hasn't got that, you know, like, look, the performance for the Chargers yesterday wasn't good enough. I'm not saying they would have won the game if he wasn't held back, but that, that man looks like he's being held back by his parents going to a nightclub or something. Like he's it's like, hold, hold on, just hold up. Come, come on. Come well, on. well, Michael, it's funny you say as he being held back, Herbert's being held back by his parents. The OC in charges is, of course, Joe Lombardi, uh, who we we happen to have talked to his dad a few times before. So, okay. Yes. Um, I was just going to make a point. At halftime, 14 7. Have not played so well in the first half. The charge, I think, a lot of people, probably including a few Broncos fans, probably felt the right was on the wall because they were so dominant, but yet they were going in at halftime 14 7. Michael, you asked a question last week um, why is this match being flexed into Sunday night football? Well, I think there's well, your answer now yeah. because look look at the situation now. They're one game behind the Chiefs, and if they beat them on Sunday, they're ahead of them or joined, whatever way this division is lining up because it's a crazy division. And earlier on, a few weeks back, when the Von Miller trade happened, I was critical because I felt we're not even into the halfway the halfway stage of the season. We felt that um, the Broncos were giving up. But what I think it's shown is the players, defensively in particular, have said, right, you know, it's not all about Von Miller here. You know, we'll we'll, we'll prove our worth. They certainly have in the in the past few games, anyway. Let's see what happens um, next few weeks. Next week's the Broncos can't City Sunday at football, and then the Lions. Um, so let's see what happens there. We'll leave that game for now, but obviously I said the column there now. Broncos haven't won the last 11 games in Arrowhead. We'll come back to that at the weekend. Uh, delighted with the performance on Sunday. The only way is up. Uh, right, so Titans Titans against the Patriots. Uh, big win for the Patriots. 
I had the score on my screen. I've clicked off it. They scored a lot of points. Derek Henry wasn't there for the Titans. However, uh, Mac Jones looking solid again. Uh, serviceable receivers, Mark. Uh, teams looking really good, boys. Uh, yeah, I mean, no material complaints when you win 36-13, score three times many points the other side. You've got to be satisfied with it. The funny thing is, looking at the game, and, and look, thanks for everyone for their comments. I know Patriots feeders feeding a number of comments about the Pats, obviously, on Twitter there as well. So thanks to you feeding in. Um, it, it's important not to get carried away. The Patriots had a lot of coachable moments in this game they can improve upon. The run game was not as efficient as it had been, which is potentially a positive because Mac Jones did it more throwing the ball down the field in the intermediate and deeper ball game. And obviously the run defense, albeit we forced a couple of fumbles, was appalling. Um, 270 yards given up on the ground, two 100-yard uh, rushes. Um, that is definitely something that can be improved upon. However, other than one material breakdown when they broke out a long run uh, for a touchdown, the Titans didn't really look like they were going to score touchdowns. They didn't really look like a material threat to the Patriots in this game. I actually genuinely didn't feel concerned, even when it was, um, I think it was 17-13 at halftime. It was tighter than it probably should have been. Um, it always felt like a game the Pats had under control, and the defense had a granted limited Titans offense um, controlled by. Tannehill never looked in the game. Yes, he's missing some key receivers. Yes, they're missing the the wonderful Derek Henry. So it was never going to be an easy game for them. Um, so, you know, not getting carried away. The Patriots, you know, <laughs> they beat the Chargers and we were excited. And they were like, well, they're a pretty flawed team. They beat the Titans, but they're pretty limited. They beat the Browns in the beatdown. Now, the Browns are a good side. There's a lot of things there to kind of question, hey, that's a six-game win streak, but um, have they beaten anyone decent yet? We'll find out soon. I'm never going to sniff, put my nose up at a six-game win streak. The Patriots have the Bills a by sorry, the Bills, the Colts are by the Bills for the next four weeks. Um, that's gonna sort them in from the boys and see really where they're gonna be. But honing in on the playoffs, Belichick's done a great coaching job. Mac Jones is doing a very nice job. No complaints here, Michael. No complaints. Brian, uh week twelve and Mark is, is coming out with the uh, let's not get carried away stuff. That's when you know you have to get worried. <laughs> I think Mark knows that he's just, look, fairness, he's touched on it. Like, we touched on it over the past few weeks because we know the next few weeks are, are crucial. They've got the Bills away on Monday Night Football, uh, the bye week, the Colts away on it, which has now been flexed into a Saturday night game. Um, like, the Colts yesterday put up high scores on the books who have a very strong defense, and they put up high scores throughout the season against the Titans, for example. So that's a that's a difficult game. And then, obviously, then they've got the, the, Bell, the Bills again at home. So I think we'll have a better... On this better situation in three weeks and where they, where they are, but you get at least expecting at this stage to be getting into the wild card slots. I mean, that's where probably a lot of the fans' expectation was even leading into the season that they didn't think they'd win the division, but they certainly felt to be in the running for a wild card. So for me at this stage, I think the Pats are certainly on the playoffs. It's just now where they can make that step up to win the division. And the way it's going at the moment, if they win the division, you, you, they might even end up being well, maybe not the fourth, maybe that's a big push, but the second seed, you just don't know. Um, this game went exactly as I said on seven shows Saturday night. There was too many injuries for this Titans team to go up against the Patriots team. If they had all the players available, that can make a big difference. We might have seen a very difficult game. I still felt the Patriots would have won, but the game played. Tannehill had two interceptions. He was held to under 100 yards. Defense again was dominant. And uh, yeah, the run game didn't get going, but like you don't necessarily have to have that there at the moment because as we touched on Saturday, they're starting to show a little bit more confidence in Mac Jones going down the field and 
the born identity seems to be his favorite target at the moment and um they just have seemed to be picking things up rightly in terms of players they brought in under the radar wide receivers who are doing a very efficient job next monday it's gonna be a great game away to the bills just just one point on that brian because it is going to be a great game and i messed up the order it's actually bills by colts bills yeah, but yeah. The, the, is that the next monday night thing? sorry what's that sorry i didn't mean, I didn't mean the bottom but is that, is that next monday night yeah. Bills Patriots next Monday. So you get the Bills Patriots and Monday Night Football, the Broncos Chiefs. So two nights in a row, there's two enticing games. Going to be a late one, yeah. It's going to be late, 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 late. But I mean, in fact, actually, the Patriots end up with a shortened bye week. If I want to have something to mind about, because they've got to play the Bills on Monday night and then the Colts after they're buying the Saturday night. So come on, Roger, trying to screw us. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, <laughs> but in a very serious note, um, I think you've got the boy in between that work. The Patriots do need to sweep the Bills. If they just go one and one against the Bills, like they win their respective home games, the loss in the opening day to the Dolphins will come back to bite the Patriots because the divisional record will be the next tiebreaker if they finish tied with the Bills. You know, I don't want to get again carried away, but if they finish tied with the Bills, that would be the tiebreaker for the AFC East. So it is very vitally important that they don't just beat the Bills in week the first game on Monday Night Football, but they actually beat them in both. If they have meaningful ambition, obviously on the division, and indeed as Brian alludes to, you know, a high seed uh, in relation to the playoffs. That's just assuming you're going to beat the Dolphins in Week 18, yeah, down in Miami. Oh, well, well, no, I mean, if we beat the Bills two and zip, and we've got two games, yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's what I'm alluding to in that regard. I seen a great yes, tweet I am today. Yeah. Bills will beat the Dolphins and the Jets out, and therefore they'll have the yeah, tiebreaker. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Michael. No, you're good. Uh, I seen I seen a great tweet today um, saying that uh, Bill Belichick has transformed his coaching strategy, and that he has had the cojones to change his strategy in the draft. Who in the hell would draft a quarterback in any year if they had Tom Brady there? I mean, come on. I, I just It's just funny because you're seeing guys that haven't been here for a year popping up again, and it's great. New England done very, very well yesterday. Very well yesterday. There's no point in me sitting here saying otherwise. But just it's just I just laugh when I read that. I mean, you're talking there, Mark. I mean, you would have took last seed in the wild card there and ran for the hills and got your shirt on, booked the flight, and went nuts. Who knows what's going to happen? This is the weirdest season ever. The the the, the, the pitchers could end up winning every game here uh, for the rest of the season. They could end up losing every game out and still make the playoffs. No one might look at the minute. Uh, I just think it's nuts. I definitely think that we should repeat what we done last year. We should do a show in Dublin for the uh, for the Saturday night games. But I think we should do it in Belfast instead. Get you boys at the end one, please. Can I make a quick point? Uh, when you're talking about Bill Belichick, does it not just go to show the, the, how much of a job he did last year with this team? Because Cam Newton is shown again, like we saw the beginning oh, of it. Yeah, well, to be brutally honest, they were struggling last year with Cam Newton, quarterback, and they still won seven games, Mark? Seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah seven nine record. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that? Sorry, I just need to check. Is that the Cam Newton that went five for twenty-one, two interceptions, under hundred yards, got benched yesterday? Is that the, yeah. the same Cam Newton? And we're forty-two <laughs> minutes in as well. without saying about Christian McCaffrey? He's coming oh into the. God, he's yeah. starting to turn into the JJ Watt boys on the offensive side as well. I don't mean that in a good way. It's not. It's it's not good for a neutral well, in the league, and hopefully. He, well, on uh, on C Mac, just one one thing, obviously, just for uh, our viewers, obviously he's gone on to injured reserve, but because it's his second time on, that's it. He's done for the season. He's completely out. There is no short term injured reserve he can return from once he goes on to it a second time. 
And in fact, Michael, ever since he got his big deal, I think it's been injured reserve after injured reserve. Obviously, um, that's not the performance and the, the the scenario that the Panthers would have liked to have seen. Um, you feel sorry for him. He's such a great talent. You want to see him on the field. But yeah, how many more seasons can be lost in that way? Very sad to see. This goes, this goes back to the conversation when it comes to draft time and how valuable it is to take a, a running back so high in the draft hour because the amount of injuries they carry and, and the amount of time they get banged up, it's difficult to, to get your return on the investment, That's, which they haven't since they gave him the contract, as Marcus touched on there. Yeah. The next game uh, that we're going to look at um, is the Green Bay Packers, 36-28, defeated the Los Angeles Rams. Now, you mentioned there when you were talking about the Broncos, Brian, uh, Vaughn Miller, obviously, with the Rams. He, uh, look, I don't want to tempt fate here because I wish him the very best. But, uh, I mean, is he in LA? Or, or, is he, is he, or is he in San Antonio? Or where is he? OBJ getting his first touchdown with the Rams. But that doesn't matter because they lost the game. Uh, my question is this. Why was Matthew Stafford playing yesterday if he's not fully fit? Why, 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 is, Aaron why is Aaron Rodgers playing if he's not fully fit? Ah, but like you could see that Stafford yeah. was struggling. He was struggling. Because he's the marquee quarterback. They've made the big trade. He's the, he's the quarterback that's supposed to bring him to the promised land. This this team three weeks ago was basically giving up the house to win now scenario of the dream team. Some people were, were presenting him as because he got Paul Miller and Odell Beckham. They lost three games in a row. The offensive line, like McVeigh, McVeigh was always type of, I suppose maybe it was because he had Goff was, you know, run orientated and then pass, and he's kind of got away from that. And the offensive line is struggling. And I know they put up high points, but the game was over very, you know, the, the score doesn't do it justice. I mean, the Packers were comfortable, and the Packers defense, like right now, if you're asking me the best team, I, I was annoyed that I picked the Rams because I felt they were coming off the boy, they'd lost two, and sometimes they needed probably more than the Packers. But the Packers brought a point on down for most teams yesterday that they probably are right now to me the best team in the league. And uh, that's three games in a row. Matthew Stafford is trying to pick six. Like, yeah, that's that's bad. That's that's really bad. Um, there's not a lot more. Like, like players turned up for the Packers yesterday. Players didn't turn up for the Rams. Sorry, man. yeah. And, and Brian, on that, I mean, third game in a row, Matthew Stafford throwing a pick six. Aaron Rodgers, as Green Bay Packers fans would like to remind you, has only thrown three pick sixes in his entire career. Um, which sums up the difference. I don't know whether it's just the Packers jerseys that seem to put Matthew Stafford off, but uh, um, like you, I went with the Rams. I kind of talked myself into the narrative of they've lost two, they need to get back on track, they're desperate, they're going to, you know, scratch and claw and Vaughn and Aaron Donald will, uh, you know, have a, had a greater chance to gel and they'll they'll make life uh, uncomfortable for Aaron Rodgers. Um yeah, I agree with exactly what Brian said. If you look around, it's not just the NFC, and sorry to Cardinals fans, but the Green Bay Packers is still the glass act in the NFC at the moment. It's across the entire NFL. Like, if they were going up against any AFC team at the moment, do you think they would really be threatened? The defense, the running game, the quarterback seems to be able to throw the ball reasonably well from time to time as well. Like, they, they don't have a weak, you know, a weak link. Did they show at times yesterday in the secondary breakdowns? That they can be beaten? Well, yes, of course. But Matt LaFleur has exhausted his uh, annual supply of losses. Um, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and now 8 and 3. So just sign them up for at least another five wins. And then the 17th game, flip a coin. 
whether they finish 14 3 or, or 13 and 4. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll answer that for you now, Mark. They played the Lions in the last game, so I think you know the result of that game. I, I know, I know. I mean, they've got, they've got such a, I mean, it's a walk in running in many respects. So, um, claiming a lot of injuries as well, Mark, which, you know, I mean, players are, haven't come back as well. No. Well, I mean, they, they've got Bakhtiari to come back. Yeah. They've got Jair Alexander, a cornerback, to come back. They've got Zadarius Smith, probably two of their most influential uh, uh, defenders, to come back. So they, they have reinforcements coming. They've got, you know, better players coming. Aaron Jones obviously was rushed back. Hopefully he'll get continued health and, and, and even more uh, back to his explosive self. But uh, Dylan's been serviceable, obviously, and, and a good um, change-up option in the meantime. I mean... The only the funny thing a bit was um, Mr. Rogers afterwards to say, when I step on the field, I expect greatness. And I'm not going to allow excuses like a toe or missing practice to stop me. It's like, Jesus, every time he gets knocked out in the playoffs, he's got excuses to beat the band. So that was a, a new thing for you. Um, but Joe, Joe <laughs> Buck was, Joe Buck, I, I actually don't know, was he being, it seemed like it was a joke. And then I wondered, did Aaron Rogers say it? But Joe Buck on the call did say, Aaron was telling us about all the things he's done to make the toe better. He's really immunized that toe. Oh, yeah, like, I heard it. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I heard it. I, I, I thought it was a really dry comment by him. And then I was like, but did did Rogers say to him? Or did I think Buck was taking the piss, to be honest with you? But um, that was quite funny. But look, sorry, I'm I'm picking holes. Look, awesome performance by the Packers. Uh, well deserved. Stupidly went against them. Um, you know. You know, but Rams three in a row lost now. Like, where are they going and what are they doing with their season? They're playing the, the Jags on the weekend, so they're okay. <laughs> the Rams, uh, the Rams through the first seven weeks uh, were second in expected points added, first in the passing game for expected points added. Uh, 10 touchdowns for Cooper Cup from week eight to now. They're 25th in expected points added per play, 25th in the passing game EPA, uh, 13 from rushing success, and Cooper Cup hasn't had a touchdown since week eight the thing is though until two variables here Aaron Rodgers is standing on Fox at Lambeau Field with the NFC Championship Trophy going to the Super Bowl and two Aaron Rodgers is standing in SoFi Stadium with the Lombardi Trophy I'm not going to believe in this Packers team because we've seen this so many times before we've seen it with Dez we've seen it you know with the Cowboys back in those years we seen it last year I mean, this time last year, maybe not this time last year, but you know, two weeks time this time last year, they, they were the greatest things since sliced bread. This Packers team, everyone was all, "Oh Jesus, they're unreal, boys," etc. And they were great yesterday, putting up thirty against the Rams team. Uh, look, it sounds obvious that could be the best result for the Rams yesterday. Makes them come again. Makes them see what happens. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I'm not going to be convinced about the ceiling for this Packers team until I see them get to the to the big show or if we're sitting in SoFi in February and Aaron Rodgers is under centre yeah then but a lot of people done last year like but Michael you're not, you're not, you're like in fairness I can't disagree with you like he's lost correct me if I'm wrong he's lost five championship games you know they lost in Seattle they lost in Atlanta they lost last year at home everybody felt he would win last year because it was actually at home um I can't recall your ones off the top of my head, but like he's lost quite a few NFC Championship games. So the trend for the Packers obviously seems to be have a really good strong season. And then they get to the playoffs and the expectations are they'll roll teams over. And they were unfortunate last year that they came up against a Bucks team that were on a crest of a wave. You know, they Bucks were playing playoff football from week 15, week 16, because they had lost a, a difficult game to the Chiefs. They went on their boy licking their wheels, and then they went on a run. 
and they needed to go on the run because at that stage everybody felt they might have they did they went in as a wild card sorry because the saints won the division so like at that stage people didn't even know what they were going to make the playoffs so he needs to get over the line he needs to get to the super bowl you get to the super bowl then it's anybody's game and uh but the way they're going at the moment you, you find it hard to see who you know it'll be interesting to see how the cardinals go you know they come off the bike quite a month coming back now they won games that people didn't expect it with colt mccoy a, a quarterback which is kind of also to be in the double whammy for the rams because they probably felt that whilst they were going through a dodgy spell losing games that the Colts, sorry that the cards would also lose which would allow them to continue to be top of the division that hasn't played out that way so yeah uh, you get a packers cardinals rematch in the championship game potentially haven't played you this season could be a great game hopefully but, i think that's the early game as well this year i am uh, i'm excited to see obviously what's going to happen in both divisions over or both conferences over the next uh, month or so and nobody can call it you know i think obviously you can't call it any year but th- this year it, it really is up there uh, i want to start off uh, our review of sunday night football but thanking thanking nick chubb thanking him for getting uh, 16 yards last night i <laughs> know uh, sorry 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 nick 23 receiving yards as well thank you nick for that so hopefully tyler lockett basically call i'm playing column this week column for the shock i started andy dalton for the crack and somehow i have a chance of winning tonight but uh ravens win 16 10. now i watched the highlights this morning um lamar jackson 20 32 165 yards one touchdown four interceptions and the browns mayfield was 247 yards one passing touchdown 18 to 37. they still can't get over the line against this ravens team i mean where do we start here seriously now take away brian I know what you're going to say here, but like, you know, look at all angles of this game. That that's what the hell went on there last night, and how could they not get 17 points? Do you know that little clip that you tend to put up every now and then on the show is their social page, which is the Eamon Dunphy clip where he says you made you made the you made the right decision. You know that clip you always put up. You did the right thing. At 20 past one last night, I was um, <laughs> considering staying up for that game, and I said no, I'm going to go to bed and be sensible. And, Bring my children to school this morning, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did because from reading the reports, it was a shocking game. Yeah, look, I'll touch on Lamar. Lamar has four interceptions, and the touchdown to to Andrews and uh, Mark. I'm sure you've seen it at this stage. That could have been an interception because he literally just heaved it. He was just literally he heaved it up, took a chance, and it paid off. And it was it was it wasn't a um what are we calling it? The one they chose hail mary. Sorry, it wasn't a hail mary scenario, but it wasn't far off, and. Uh, yeah, the Browns, I don't know if you saw the, the graphic today, the drive after drive, I think there was five or six drives in a row where there was a turnover by each team. It was a bizarre game, but the Ravens did enough because the Ravens find a way to win games, uh, you know, uh, last week in Chicago, do enough to get these games over the line, and right now they're the number one seed. There, there are going to be points at the end of the season where we're going to look at the Ravens' record, whatever it is, uh, you know, and we're going to say, how the hell did they get to that record? You look at the Colts game, the Bears game, even even the game last night with the amount of interceptions. Um, you know, we got cut off by some rude guy dialing in from Boston a minute ago when we were talking about the Niners and Vikings game and closing that out. But the reality of the, Viking, the, the Niners game, needing that really strong running attack, then complemented by sound decision-making and accurate throws on quarterback on intermediate-level throws, is exactly really the blueprint for the Browns' offensive game. Um, albeit maybe the Browns had historically more home run hitters uh, in relation to it. But it's like Baker Mayfield 
shut him down. Like he doesn't look right. They cannot get anything going on offense. That you know, they scored forty odd points in a game. Was it against the the Cards? Bengals. Sorry, earlier the Bengals. The Bengals. Bengals that's what it yeah. was. Um, early in the season, but ever since then, they've had some really horrific performances on their offensive play. Look, their defense showed up, held the Ravens in check, put Lamar in a very difficult situation. They should have won that game, I think. Um, what was it I saw? Was it 2008, the last time a quarterback has thrown four interceptions? Was it Andy Dalton, actually, against the Ravens? Thrown four interceptions and won. Um, that's how historically... I mean, a third of their drives ended in a turnover. And still the Browns, you know, the the Ravens drives, still the Browns uh, didn't have enough in relation to it. Um, look, there were some games yesterday that were beautiful to watch. I mean, entertaining, fascinating. We talked about the Vikings, the 49ers game, for example, the Bucks and the Colts, the Packers, the Rams, you know, lots of good quality, high explosive play. We also saw the Falcons-Panthers game, the Giants-Eagles game, and my God, um, the, the the Jets Texans, sorry, and we also saw this, you know, I don't want to say abomination. That sounds cruel, but like this pretty turgid game. So, yes, Michael, if you stayed up for this, that was the wrong call. That was the wrong call. That was the sixth sixth game this season where the Browns have scored thirteen or less points. Ten last night, obviously, but like to your point, where Baker Mayfield just got to shut him down. He's injured. He's clearly injured. Look, we can we, we can talk about that, right? And I am not I am not part of the Baker Mayfield fan club, right? I'm just gonna say this. I logged on to ESPN this morning, logged on to NFL.com, logged on to numerous different media sources this morning. Lamar Jackson four interceptions, right? Now we can talk about Baker Mayfield all we want here, like, but in a primetime game, Lamar Jackson looked like absolute dog shite, but Come on, like, let's let's come out here now. And they were asked, they asked the, the Browns head coach last night, are you going to bench Baker? Did anybody go and ask the Ravens head coach that? No, they didn't. So I I, I think the whole situation is a joke. I've seen a call, Colin Kyra came out at about 6 o'clock this evening saying the Browns have made their choice. I don't believe a word that man's saying. No, no. He, Rubbish. He's, he's, he's hits on, on social, that's all he wants. The reason why Lamar won't get dropped is because the reality is he'll probably come out next week and he'll he'll go off on one in terms of three hundred odd yards and four or five touchdowns or something like that. And bear in mind he was he was injured last week, but well, not injured, he was ill. So he heard, touching, he heard Colin was there and then he just Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. He was touch and go for a large part of the week whether he'd be able to go again. So maybe he had an adverse reaction to how he was feeling leading into the game. There's a great thing on ESPN if you go to the ESPN machine. Uh, where you can predict each game for the rest of the season. And if you just do it solely without looking at the other teams and you go to the Ravens games, you'll find yourself, you know, either the number one seed or the number two seed because they, they have games there that are very winnable. Um, okay. AOB, let's pick one topic each. Uh, okay, I am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons getting a good win against the Jaguars on Sunday. Now, we can call it good, we can call it bad. 21 to 14 victors. Uh, Matt Ryan. Not a fantastic game, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But Cordell Patterson, two rushing touchdowns, and also 30 yards on the receiving. Russell Gage getting 60 on the receiving as well. And seeing our man D. Orlando in Jacksonville was amazing. But also a good debut for Thomas Moore, said it was on the show last week. Big fan of the Falcons. I'm presuming, Brian, uh, you're going to talk about the Giants. Yeah, Michael. 
Um, um, and not so much about the Giants in particular, more so about Jalen Hurts, because, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody who watches their show throughout the season will see that there's a very mixed opinion on whether he's a good enough quarterback or not. Mark seems to be coming around. For, I'm not sure if he's still there, because, um, no, I think you've given him a little bit of credit the weekend. I'm st- I certainly wasn't giving him credit. The Giants defense coordinator after the game said, uh, no, we wanted him to beat us as a quarterback as opposed to a runner and let him show the ball. That's what we spoke about all week. And that's the point that we've been making for nice parts of the season. He's good on the perimeter and he's great at running the, the running the ball and the expansive run game that they have. But asking him to throw the ball, which is essentially what the Giants did yesterday, he couldn't do it. He's had five picks all season, he had three yesterday. And he had an opportunity to win the game from the end and he couldn't muster a touchdown with four plays in a row where he couldn't eat, where, he, where he were fourth and ten Giants stopped him. He, he threw for 129 yards. Going into the fourth quarter, he'd only thrown for 66. 67 yards so mm. to the point i made and not just focusing on the joint the point we've been making is when it comes to him having to beat teams with his arm he w- he's not up to it that's all i gotta say yeah. and Alex, i, I, I think I, I i credited their running game brian oh, that, i definitely have not given jalen hurts um I, credit i was giving you some sliding about daniel jones and i think i backed it up by saying in fact the question as to whether jalen hurts is a franchise quarterback is equally relevant we won't bring up Michael's prediction on that game necessarily. It might just be a bit hurtful. Here, look, I, I said to you last night, you know, like Tim T at one point, I, I was shocked at how poor he was been. I think in a position that he was in in the fourth quarter, Joe Namath would have had a better chance of scoring. So I, I was stunned at the end of that game. Okay, so I'm going to make one more point, Mark. There's eight seconds to go in the first half. Okay. They've got one yeah. play. To, Take the field. One, they've got one play. So you, nine times out of ten, any quarterback, the top quarterbacks, snap. Two seconds, you, you take the throw. He he rolls out to the right. He's no second. He's no second rate uh, reading of the situation. Throws an interception. Take the it field goal. It was ridiculous. But I mean, there's so much poor decision making on a regular basis. So, look, I'm going to go with the final wrap up point. Actually, um, go with a more positive because there was a quarterback and there was a team we were we saw in person, all of us together, and we were criticizing quite a the bit Jets? Um, at the time and questioning the Jaguars whether he's a franchise quarterback. Here is, of course, the Miami Dolphins, and we alluded to the appalling game that Cam Newton had earlier on, but that would be unfair not to credit the amazing game um, that the Dolphins put together. I think most of us, if not all of us, went for the Dolphins, Michael? No. Uh, no, Michael didn't, that's right. But anyway, most of us went for the Dolphins, second longest win streak in the NFL at the moment. Obviously, they need, couldn't go much lower after a 1-7 and seven start. But credit to two, a 27-31, made the throws very consistent when he needed to be. Waddle, as he's done most of the season, really showed up and had a great performance. But equally credit to the defense, three interceptions across the board, X, uh, Xavier Howard coming with the uh, most dramatic one, obviously, in the first quarter. But Jalen Phillips, three sacks in the game as well. Like, you know, he's a rookie there. They're getting pressure from lots of different people in the right times. Um it was a really complete performance by them. But yes, they knocked Cam out of the game, C Mac obviously out of the game. So it was a limited Panthers side, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And they they made that Panthers team look very ordinary, uh, very well. So credit to the Dolphins and a good run they're putting together there. Potentially for Tua's future, potentially for Brian Flores's um future, uh in 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 respect of it. So I keep saying five of twenty-one. Two interceptions, less than 100 yards, and yet 
Bill Belichick somehow managed to win seven games with him last year. Um, yeah, so Keith, he went from great, Miami great, to Bill Belichick. Yeah, Keith, our friend who, who um, came to came to see us in London at the event on the Saturday night, he'd be delighted with the situation over the past few years. But unfortunately for the Dolphins, Mark, that run comes to an end this Sunday. You know, they're going to get punched in the mouth on Sunday when they play the Giants. By who? Ah, oh, get the. F- oh yeah, same as what you said the other day. They're, they're gonna be, be, oh, no, I mean, like, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not the weekend yet. Let, let's yeah, see. Let's start on it. It's grand. They're going to be quaking in the boots about that Giants offense, Brian. So Where's the game at on Sunday? It's in Miami. Nice weather. Okay. Okay. Let's say uh, that'll be a nice trip for Daniel Jones. Maybe, maybe they'll all go back in the boat. Uh, let's look at our betting segment. Uh, Matchbook have a 15 pound or 15 euro welcome offer. Money back as cash if your first bet loses. You can use bonus code Irish NFL Show. The T's and C's are below. A huge thank you to Matchbook and also our sponsor, Trust Gaming, for the continued support of the Irish NFL Show. Really appreciate your support, folks. Watching all the content. Just very quickly, we've got some merch there as well. You can check it out, irishnflshow.com. Brian, I believe you're sending me 60 euro tomorrow morning for Frank Vanilla's coffee and some snack bars. Yeah, we were... Our bet came up this weekend, so hopefully just people out there that did follow us. The Dolphins won, the Bengals won, the Ravens won, and the Patriots won. So, uh, yeah, we were quite confident on the bet going into this weekend, and thankfully it has won, and it'll pay for a couple of snack bars in the airport, please God, in February when we're... Uh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I am a poor 30-year-old saving for house. I, w- I would publicly like to request... I'm only joking. Good to hear. Was it a decent return? What was that? Okay, you know, what was the odds? What was the odds? The odds were a four to one, and uh, we had a sizable amount of cash on it from our account, uh, which Matchbook had provided us as part of the season and uh, the ongoing support for the show. So, yeah, we, we have a few kids and we're trying to build it up nicely, Michael, for the end of the season when we'll either have a, a trip to LA or a extravagant Christmas party where we might even get some pizza on the way in. Pizza, a bit of, a bit of Omnicrawl on top of the pizza. Who knows? Who knows where we're going? Um, going with today's announcement in 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 NI. Uh, I look at home from LA. Ah, we'll see the crack. Uh, let's look. You know, how given our picks tonight, the matchbook have the over and under forty seven. Mark, what's your pick? What's your thoughts there tonight? Forty seven. Seattle Seahawks three and seven against Taylor Heineke. The over and under is forty seven points. Well, I mean, I always get this wrong, so I don't know why you come to me on over-unders, but to me... You always get it wrong. Have you, have you, have you seen me the last four weeks in the show? Well, I literally can't actually, get it I think people will be paying you, Michael, to pick uh, their opposition. I'm going to take the dancers on there. Uh, Keith, Keith, on Keith, Keith wants you to, to help <laughs> now. <laughs> so, um... Don't you dare. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> um, look, for me, it's the under in this game. Um, you know, we could talk a bit about the game, but I mean, like, the Seahawks' offense has been non-existent the last couple of games. Um, Washington can be hit and miss, um, I, more hit in the last while than miss, in fairness. And uh, Mr. Heineke is 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 doing good things, but they still a bit like the Colts. They've thrown away games they should have won. They've they've uh, somehow managed to seize defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, the Vikings do that on a regular basis as well. So um, to me, I see it being more of a low-scoring affair if Seattle are going to win. They probably need to keep it somewhat low scoring because their offense has not clicked and you know that that's been a devastating impact for the last while so i'll go with the under in relation to it um 
If you want me to make my pick on the game yet, Michael, or are we going to come to that later? We're going to come to it in a second. Uh, okay. In terms of matchbook, I had the window open. and then It's been a long weekend for me. I'll go over, weekend. Michael. I'll go over. No, you will not. No, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the over. Seahawks minus one and a half. Washington football team plus one and a half. Uh, it's, been, it's been a big weekend. Um, I, like, I, I, I know. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I was going to say, Michael, that line has moved quite a bit, though. That line opened up the Seahawks' favourites by three and a half. So that line and all the money has shifted on Washington quite heavily for this game. So to have a four-line move on the points, um, significant. Vegas talking, isn't it, Brian? Charles, where the money's going? Do you know? Um, well, it's, it's been a big weekend. I obviously missed the show. Uh, I know you're all delighted, boys, with the Ulster, with, with the Ulster Championship news, yeah? Throwing, going to Fermanagh in the, in the yeah, preliminary sure. round. But we've got even bigger news tonight. We've got a game tonight. No one found that. No, yeah, oh, you're come, in the come, come forward, come forward, no, try it. I'm with Turn on the be after the preliminary round. It's all good. They will, they will, they will. <laughs> straight, straight knockout. Right. Uh, Washington football team, four and six. Seahawks, three and seven. The game picks are presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. As I say this, my computer is literally freezing. I can't tweet anything out. Can you all hear me okay, yeah? We can. We can, we can see it. Superb. Excellent. And the, right. And the, and the graphics look great as always, Michael. Column is picking. It's not working. It's actually... <laughs> Technical challenges. But Colin is hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold, hold. I literally said Sharon and the whole thing literally closed. Yeah. yeah Boys, so I literally... I can't even close a window here. But I can see you, so it's grand. Uh, Colin <laughs> is picking Washington. Washington. Okay? I will try and fix that in a second. Um, maybe. Maybe not. But, uh, Brian, who you got? I'm expecting a high-scoring game here. People are, I know Mark's touched on it there, that the Seahawks' offense has been a bit erratic lately and you would expect them to struggle against the Washington football team defense that seems to have rebounded over the past three to four weeks. You know, we were saying about how poor they were for the first five or six weeks. They, we were so much expected of them. Um, Jay Chung has obviously gone for the season, but they stepped up last week against Cam. At some stage, I feel Seattle, like the season is gone for Seattle at this stage. Or maybe not. Because they're, if you're four and seven, you're only one game over wild card. But you know, I just don't see how they're going to win the amount of games needed to get in there. But for this game, I'm going to go to Seahawks. I feel that at some stage, Russell Wilson will get the offense going. He's probably going to be running around all night to get away from a struggling offensive line. But the Seahawks defense, prior to the few games of late, had been coming back to what we saw last year in the second part of the season. I'm and Tyler Honey for me, Tyler Honey is a bit erratic. Um, he's good one week. He's poor the next. We saw him in Denver. Then we saw him the week against the, against the Bucks. So for me, I don't know what you're going to get with him. So I just don't trust him. So I'm going to go with the quarterback who I do trust the most, and that's Russell Wilson. So Brian's saying Tyler Heineke, when he's good, he's very, very good. And when he's bad, he's horrid, basically. Horrendous. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for me, unfortunately, the last few weeks, I mean, that's where the Seahawks have been. And that's why we're having conversations about, is it time to blow the whole thing up? I mean, um, yes, they could bounce back a degree. They could win tonight. But they, you know, they're not a million miles outside of the wild card in the NFC, strangely enough. But it's still too far back for me, considering they've still got to play the cards again, the Rams again, yeah. the 49ers again. I mean, it's the division they're in as well causes problems. So they've really got seven games now. Not, you know, yes, to continue to assess the staff, to continue to assess the players, 
but to figure out what they're going to do afterwards. I mean, is Russell Wilson going to demand the trade again? It's going to be one of the most intriguing stories of the offseason. Could we really legitimately going into an offseason where Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, not just for, you know, words, but are much more legitimately on the trade market being put up by their teams? Obviously, Rodgers' restructured contract makes that viable, but Wilson, you know, they, they could be using that as the centerpiece to move things on. Michael's getting the picks to work. And then like, two... as it stands right now, I can't end this show. I That's can't okay. click the well, button. I mean, we'll the end show, on that so I don't know what Then just tell everybody to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we'll, be, we'll do Monday Night Football Live, like the Manning Brothers. Um, so um, the, the, the point for me, though, is um, the Washington football team has been getting defense back online. You know, stopping Cam Newton comes with an asterisk. Stopping and limiting Tom Brady and the Bucks, on, especially on third down, like they did after you know a pretty abysmal start to the season, is much more meaningful. And uh, Jonathan Allen, probably the most underrated DT in the in the league, still has been really leading the unit, uh, even with more lauded colleagues around, and obviously Chase Young going on IR. Um, but he has been a key part of driving them, especially on the line there. So <clears throat> I see them still giving Russell Wilson plenty to chase around. It'd be like the Denver pass rush yesterday, pretty all-encompassing over a, a makeshift still offensive line for the Seahawks. We say that every year. You can just copy and paste. Um, but for me, the Washington football team are heading in the right direction. The Seahawks are heading in the wrong direction. So I'll take the Washington in the game tonight. Uh, the Washington football team have been heading in the right direction. Uh, a game, the one against the Bucks two weeks ago, Chase uh, Young. The game after, obviously, beating Carolina. Carolina looked better than we all thought they were. Uh, I feel like I should talk more and more here because I can't get the show off at this point, but I'm not going to. I need Tyler Lockett to score um, like 17 points tonight. I need to get a couple of touchdowns and about 60 yards. But not only for that reason, I agree with Brian. I think the Seahawks will have too much for Washington. I think Russell Wilson will want to prove the point. The Seahawks can't go three and eight. And for that reason, I'm picking Seattle. And now we enter the abyss, John. I think you'll find technically they can go through an eight, Michael. But that's, that's... Well, they can, but I don't think, like, do you think that's acceptable for a Seattle team in the state they're in with the, with the players on the roster, with Pete Carl, for that team to go three and eight? No. Nope. It's bad enough three and seven. It's, that's I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's acceptable, but I mean, that's why I say it's going to be the most fascinating offside season storyline. Do they blow up the roster? Do they blow up Schneider and Carroll? You know what do they do? You need you stick or twist here. How many games? How many games did Russell Wilson miss? Three, four, yeah. and they lost every single one of them. And you know, you they'll just there's a certain part of the the uh, the office the management team will say, well, "Look, we essentially our season was gone because we lost them." So you take those four defeats away. How many games did they believe they would have won within those four if he was fully fit? So does that as well? That has to be factored into the situation. Still don't think. Weird. Sorry, I still think we're going to be back here come the end of the offseason when we're having a weekly show and, you know, Russell Wilson is going to continue to come up and trade, especially with the amount of first-round picks a lot of teams have because Seattle don't have any first-round picks again this year. So if some team is like Philadelphia or Charlie Johnson, for example, just who need a quarterback, I'm just saying as an the example. The Giants, uh, hold on, hold on. No, no, we're going down a rabbit hole. The Giants don't need a quarterback. The Giants don't need a quarterback. We Giants are going to Daniel Jones. No, we do. Look, look, I'm not going to. Let's have the offseason recap, right? I'm just using the Giants as an example. And the reason being is because they had the sixth and the seventh pick. Seattle don't have a fourth round pick. And you're saying if they go to them with those two picks, 
there won't be a conversation. Or similar enough, if Philadelphia do the same thing with their three picks, who I think at the moment are 8, 10, and 14 or something like that, and you've got the Lions who have two first. He's never going to go to Detroit. We'll just take that away. So, But I'm just making the, there's a numerous teams with additional picks this year that will make Seattle have to have a difficult conversation. That's the point. Are we finishing the show, Michael? Can we uh, can we very quickly get a screen grab? Because I'm going to put this out for Matchbook. This is our picks tonight. Actually, no, I'm not doing the thumbs up. Hold on. Try it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've pressed yeah, tab multiple times, and I can press enter to end the show. So those are the picks. I'm going to Seattle. That means that means Washington's going to win. Yeah. We're, doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely picking the Giants on Sunday. I don't know what time we're back on Friday. Uh, there are there is football on. We will come back to that and, and see Thursday. Thursday, uh, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. It's it's been a, it's been a long Saints Cowboys at the Saints day. Thursday night. I mean, we haven't even talked about that. <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's Tyson that much Hill stuff is, going Tyson on. Hill is the quarterback declared this evening. He's taking. You're gonna have so. to. You're gonna to have to text Jane and see what the crack is, Brian. See what, see what the crack no, I don't, is. Do, I do believe Jane on this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, a, a good, good, good weekend for Brian. His Raiders and his Giants get the win. Oh, Mark's been very quiet about the Patriots, and I'm just being very quiet. I, I have not on the shot about it anymore. I'm just gonna sit here for the rest of the season and shut my mouth. Uh, for that, boys, Irish NFL show. Thank you to Matchbook. Thank you to Trust. See you on TNF. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. But the big question now is, will this work? (laughs) We'll soon find out.